HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. I'm Laura Stanley, host of Inside School Food. You are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Do chefs and restaurant people know the best restaurants? Find out on this episode of Tech Bites. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. Today is the Monday after Easter, and we have a full house out here at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, home of the Heritage Radio Network studio, which is two repurposed shipping containers with wood paneling, a wild boar's head, and a bunch of microphones and headphones. It's kind of sustainable. It's definitely recycled, and it sure is lots of fun, I think. Every Monday afternoon at 1 o'clock, we get together on Tech Bites and we talk about the intersection of food and technology. So much is happening right now in the world that it's something that we do every day without even realizing it. Today, that technology is a, I'm going to call it a digital platform called roundtable.io, and it is one man's idea of how to combat Yelp, but still get good, solid restaurant recommendations. Joining us in studio today is Andrew Johnson, and Roundtable is his idea. Andrew. Hello. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. And to sort of really vet it, vet the idea and vet the concept, we're going to have some restaurant industry chime in. Today, the part of the restaurant industry will be played by (laughs) Luke Boland, wine director at La Sirena. Hey, how's it going? And Elise Rosenberg, who is one of the co-owners of Colony and Gran Electrica in Brooklyn. Thank you. Hello. Thrilled to be here. Yes. Wonderful. It's, it's nice. I, on Tech Bytes, we really try to have a comprehensive conversation where we have the technology, but also have the people who are supposed to be using the technology, creating the content and all of that, so we can have a nice, well-rounded discussion. But before we get into that, we always start off, top of the show, talking about apps we love and apps we like. And I'm going to throw it to a voice we haven't heard in a while on Tech Bytes, our trusty engineer, Heritage Radio Network's executive producer, and 
top-notch DJ of Full Service Radio Party, the prodigal DJ engineer returns, Jack Inslee. Wow, I missed I miss that Monday intro, you know, it <laughs> starts my week off, like, making me feel good about myself. It's good to be back, Jen. So you were in Miami DJing, oh. you were at South by Southwest, you did panels, you played music. Everywhere, yeah. It's been a, it's been a stretch. We were at Charleston Wine and Food live broadcasting uh, back to Miami a few times for some gigs. And then, as you just mentioned, South by Southwest, we did a whole day of panels with Heritage Radio Network. Um, myself and Darren Bresnitz from Snacky Tunes co-hosted a whole day's worth of programming. And then uh, I performed with my lovely girlfriend, Odetta Hartman, at a label showcase later that week. South by Southwest, that's pretty proper. Yeah, you know. Is that the first time Heritage has been representing out there? It is. It is. It's a massive, massive thing that South by Southwest, really the whole city of Austin, taken over as, I guess, what you'd call like an, an activation. Activation. Yeah. Does that just mean a lot of advertising agency and marketers <laughs> with lanards and badges running around? Bingo. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what it was. Okay. But it was great. It was good. It was all good stuff, and I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back. We're happy to have you. Yes. I have a few options this week for the app, um, but I'll spare you all of my um, my sneaker apps to buy shoes, because I don't really think anybody cares. But um, I Especially if you didn't get them. Every time you talk about them, you talk about how you had downloaded the app, but you didn't get the sneaker, and you didn't want the sneaker. You just wanted to Oh, that was on. the Yeezy app. No, yeah. this, is like a, this is like a different one for uh, anyway forget about shoes i don't think anybody really cares um more interestingly I, I i've been seeing these little carts driving around brooklyn the food kick carts which i guess is a service for fresh direct so uh that i just signed up to that app apparently it's like you know fresh direct you shopping for groceries on the app though it comes in an hour so that sounds really, really convenient to me. Um, and I've been kind of browsing through their inventory and pleasantly surprised about some of the stuff they're offering. And I'm excited to kind of report back and see what that experience is like, the under one hour delivery. So the food kit carts is their answer to drones. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Well, let us know how that works and let us know if that actually translates into more cooking at home. Yeah, I mean, I, the way I see it is like if there are times where I don't know if you've ever, you know like I'll start a recipe and then I'll be like like midway you know whatever something is simmering for an hour and I'm like oh shit I forgot this other thing so it might be nice to just kind of supplement and if it's within an hour I don't know we'll see I'll okay. report back all right report back do you do you have a grocery shop or a bodega on your block that you could get to in yeah, ten minutes totally. Okay. I mean, 15 minutes. I'm, I'm, right. But the selection here is going to be better than what they have at my, like, corner associated. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Maybe depends on what it is. Right. I mean, just because the internet can let you be lazy doesn't mean you should. I know. Well, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I love technology, as we know, but it kind of breeds a lot of bad habits sometimes. True enough. Um, Andrew, do you have an app that you like right now? What have I been using lately? Um, well, this isn't this isn't a new app, but I've I've been getting more into using Foursquare lately. Now that surprises me. Yeah, well, it's it isn't so much for the restaurant recommendations. I'm actually using it more as like a bookmarking app. Bookmarking. Just like places, basically like remembering places that I want to go to and. Um, I, I found it to be pretty handy for that. So you're checking in re re regularly now with Foursquare. 
not even so much checking in. I mean, literally, like, there's a bookmark feature where, you know, if if you're at a restaurant or a friend tells you about a restaurant and you want to remember where to go, you know, before I was just, like, writing it down on my notes and then it just, you know, I, my notes were scattered in different places. So it was just a, something for me to kind of centralize uh, the places that I wanted to go to, remember them. Interesting. And you prefer that to something like a Google map or yeah, places just I've been in Facebook or... Yep. Okay. Interesting. I think that's the first mention of Foursquare ever. <laughs> Shockingly, yeah. 56 episodes of Tech Bytes. It's about damn wow. time. Wow. Okay. Luke? Uh, does it have to be food or restaurant related? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, in that case, I, the one I use the most is probably called Brainscape, which is like a flashcard app. Sounds really uh, boring, and it definitely is. It's very cut and dry. Um, but I find myself using it a lot to study for exams and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I've also been on Yelp more than ever, but only to look at reviews for Lost Iran and kind of see what kind of feedback we're getting right now. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, mostly been uh, more focused on uh, being at the physical space than the internet uh, realm recently, but... Those are always my go-tos. Brainscape, is that something where you create flashcards for yourself? Or is it one of those, like, increase your brain power flashcard? No, you make them for yourself. You can view other people's, but I think that the whole, like, creation of your own product is definitely part of the learning process anyways. Um, And then basically you can go back and, and run through them. The thing that makes it a little different is you have to rate how well you knew the answer. So then it will recycle it through more frequently if you didn't know it or less frequently if you knew it really well. Interesting. So it's good for like, um, you know, it's studying new topics in particular. You kind of set up your flashcards and then you will be forced to keep seeing ones that you can't remember over and over again. So as a sommelier wine director working the floor of a restaurant, do you use it to study for the SOM exams? Are you using it to remember and memorize your new wine lists? Are you... Uh, it's more for exams. I mean, that kind of information, I always, you know, I tell my staff that like 99% of the stuff that you study for, for any of these SOM tests, isn't really applicable in the dining room. Um, you know, most of the... Like salesmanship of wine in a in a dining room or restaurant setting is really driven by like stories about the estate or your experience with the wine or being able to describe it in a really like appetizing way more so than just the cut and dry details and like some things help where if you are familiar with let's say like this is a cooler region in this particular area so it's going to be a lighter fresher style that can help but I don't think that that ever is the the core of the conversation. Okay, that's an interesting one. Brainscape. Mm-hmm. And it, that's iPhone and Android, or? Uh, I think so. I use it on iPhone. I'm not 100% sure if it's on other platforms, but I can't imagine why not. And is it free? It used to be. Now they're making it uh, so that I think you have to pay now, but I got grandfathered in because I was using it for a while, so haven't paid yet, and I intend not to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's always a big thing, if it, if it costs money or not. We'll have to take a look and see how much it costs to see if it's worth it. People's threshold seems to be around like the four ninety nine. That sounds a little steep to me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Elise, do you have an app that you like right now? Oh, yes. I um, am a huge fan of Waze. 
Um, I know this isn't exactly cutting-edge technology, but I'm obsessed with it. I'm always in an Uber, and I'm always running late, and I get major FOMO when I think my Uber driver is going the wrong way and that I could have gone a different way and ways, just like it's everything. Do you have a good rating with Uber or not? I'm just curious if you're one of those backseat drivers, because you know the drivers can rate their passengers. I know. I've been told I was five stars before. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've it. also been told I'm 4.5, but I'm exceptionally anxious, but I'm exceptionally nice. I always... Okay. So you couch <laughs> it with like, oh, I'm yeah. freaking out because I'm going to miss my meeting. Could you please maybe think about going another way? Oh, yeah. And then I'm just like asking, how's your day? You're doing great. And then, you know, always walking out of that Uber door, like, have an amazing day. Enjoy the sunshine. I hope you have great passengers. <laughs> Definitely work in that rating. I wonder what would happen in the world if more digital app services allowed the sellers to rate the buyers. Uber's a very interesting transaction in that sense. It's one of the few arenas where the sellers get to evaluate the buyers. And there there will be repercussions. It might be a good idea for Yelp. It could become really cagey, though. (laughs) I think the world would become a better place. It would be very interesting. Um, I am not going to talk about an app today. Today, I'm going to talk about an app in the news, which is Instagram. And there is a huge digital panic at the disco because Instagram announced that they are changing the algorithm for the Instagram feed. It is no longer expressly in real time. Hmm. It's going to go through a series of calculations of what things you like, what things you like most, what accounts you like, the different hashtags you post under, and it's going to, very similar to Facebook, try and populate your feed with things that you will like more than others, even if it's not necessarily in real time. So the uproar about that was because people, mostly businesses, get upset about the real-time idea because... When in the Facebook scenario, it was particularly focused towards businesses and business postings, whereas Instagram doesn't make any distinction between a business account and a personal account, with the exception of an entity that's purchasing a sponsored ad. So the panic at the disco is based on Facebook, which is a slightly different scenario. But Instagram, it'll probably be okay. And if you're a business or if you're someone who's looking to use Instagram for marketing, It may actually work to your benefit because if people who like your posts and products or people who like those hashtags, they will have greater opportunity to see you even if they're logging into their account maybe a few hours after you posted something. So depending on how you're going to game it, it could actually be better. Um, But if your Instagram feed starts to look a little bit different or you don't see something that the person sitting next to you is just posting right now, that's why. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um, you, you see these uproars happen. I mean, it's like I, I always think of Google and search engines, and like whenever Google makes a big tweak to their algorithm, everybody freaks out and tries to figure out, well, what do we have to do differently, and how do we have to adapt to this? Um, these changes are always meant to improve the consumer experience. Theoretically. Theoretically. Um, but, you know, I, and, and I think that's what they're going for here, right? They want a more curated experience. Well, they want to give you what you want to see. Exactly. And they're going to try and figure out what you want to see based on your activity. 
Yeah. So in one sense, that's good. My favorite panic at the disco is when Facebook changes the privacy policies and everybody starts posting those disclaimers or, you know, legalese type things of, I disavow Facebook from using any of my personal content and yeah. all of that, which, I mean, nine times out of ten, it's ridiculous and completely useless. I think if people are concerned about privacy and policies, the rule of thumb I follow about social media and the Internet is this. If I don't want people to see it, I don't put it on the Internet. Seems pretty reasonable. I that's think a that's wise. <laughs> it doesn't matter what my circle of trust looks like in Facebook, and it doesn't matter you know, who I'm friends with or connected to and all of that. At some point, somebody can find just about anything. So if you don't want people to see it, don't post it. <laughs> Good rule to live by. Brilliant. So as I said at the top of the show, roundtable.io. Very quickly, Yelp. It's pretty well documented, inclusive of a South Park episode, you're not yelping, that the restaurant industry really doesn't like Yelp. It's not that they don't want to know what the public thinks, because they do. Restaurants actually really care about their customers and their experiences, and they want to know if you're having a bad time, because they really do want to help, and they do want to fix it. What people don't like about Yelp is that it's often much used much more as like a vindictive tool to get free stuff or take down a competitor. And it has long ago lost the original intent, I think, which is to provide useful information, truthful information from the public, to share with the public, and then also maybe to help restaurants. So there are certainly a number of restaurant guides, feedback platforms that have sprung up over the last few years, which are all combating the Yelp issue. Um, We've done a bunch of episodes on this show about customer feedback apps, secret shopping, you know, different ways for the public to communicate with restaurants. There are a bunch of platforms where people can rate and review restaurants, notably ones curated by chefs and created by chefs. So Roundtable. Roundtable is an interesting animal. Um, and we'll let Andrew jump in here. The proposition here is that the public goes on. You can pose a question. Where should I go for Easter Sunday brunch? What's the best place to take my parents? What are the best pasta restaurants in New York City? And the public responds. But the catch is, in order to be a responder, you have to be a member of the restaurant industry in some way, shape, or form. Not the headlining chef, not the famous person on TV, but a working member of the restaurant industry. And quite frankly, you know, there are more of those than there are chefs on TV. Yeah. Um, well, that's part of the idea is like our site is built around the idea of recommendations. It's not about reviews and it's, it's not about, uh, you know, it, it's not about like going and critiquing every dining experience that you've had. It's, it's much more oriented positively towards I'm looking for something great, you know, like, like you, you mentioned a few examples of it. And, um, we, we started with the restaurant industry because, um, they were people that had a, had a strong frame of reference. They, they have a strong frame of reference for what's good and what's not good. And so, you know, beyond like the authority of, you know, someone being a Psalm or wine director or being a chef, um, that's really why we chose to start with the restaurant industry was because they were people that, um, that, had 
that wrote really great recommendations. So because it's all recommendations, that means nothing's negative. No. Um, I mean, if you, if you read the recommendations on there, I mean, it's, we, we frame it a lot like giving recommendations to a friend in real life. You know, so like if you give a recommendation to a friend, you might say something like, well, you know, this place is really good, but, you know, it's a little pricey as well. Or like there's a long wait here. It's hard to get a reservation. So it isn't that everything on there is just glowingly positive. Um, I think it's it's pretty well balanced, but yeah, it, it is it, it leans positive definitely. And there are questions that would be negative. What's the worst dining experience you've ever had? Who has the longest wait? Or you're not allowed to have questions that are framed sort of in a more negative sense. We 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 just haven't really had that come up. Um, I, we haven't we haven't had a, a strict policy of like whether we're going to allow that sort of thing or not. But I think especially with you know our our core community of contributors being people in the industry, um, the general feedback I've gotten is that people aren't really going on there to diss other restaurants and insult them. So I think with where we're at right now, it, it just it hasn't really made sense to to focus on those sort of things. Are, do you have a policy in place about what's allowed, what's not allowed? Do you review before pe- before posts go live? Do you review after? Are you allowed to take down anything you feel doesn't meet the sort of feeling or criteria of the site? So the the way that our site works is that I, I mean you mentioned it. We let anybody from the public sign up, and you can use uh, you can use the site. Um, what we do is we vet the people that are writing on it. So basically. Yeah, you can post something to the site and, and we'll moderate it. We review it. If it's well written, if it's well thought out, then essentially we will give you access to post in the future on the site. If it's well written and well thought out, plus you're a member of the industry. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we started with the restaurant industry, but um, the way that our site is, is set up is that we let people who are, who are already part of the community invite others. So we want to grow it as a trusted network. And uh, you know, I, I think we've started to get people on the site that you, I guess you could call them like friends of the industry. So the content then is not exclusively restaurant industry. I mean, the the intention always was it, we're, we're not we're not trying to build just a restaurant industry platform. Um, the you know we we started with the restaurant industry because again they they met they met kind of the criteria of what we were looking for as far as people that had a really knowledgeable opinion and, and could express that on the site. It's interesting, though, and I, I will say I'm always fascinated by digital products that require an uncontrollable group of the public to create their product for them. So you are banking on the fact that the restaurant industry will sign up, take time to post questions, answer questions, put their two cents in, and that then people will come and want to see that. So it's an interesting proposition to say we're going to build this thing and we have to rely on other people that we can't control to create the product that we're selling. Right. Um, well, that, that was the big question when we started it. Um, you know, we in an earlier iteration of Roundtable, we we did let anybody sign up and start posting on it, and we were going after a lot of people, like you know, people who posted a lot on Instagram or food bloggers. And the problem was that if if you're building a site around the idea of recommendations, again, we're not talking reviews; it's a different thing. Um, 
inherent in making that valuable is a recommendation has to come from somebody who has credibility, right? And if you don't know that person and don't know anything about them, then it's really hard for that credibility to exist. And that that's kind of what was wrong with the site early on when we, when we let anybody post on it was that you you know you're reading these recommendations, but it's like how can I trust if this is good or not? And so we we really wanted to you know that, that's basically why we started with the restaurant industry is like people that have that kind of credibility. Well, I think credibility you just align yourself with people who you agree with, like anything else. And I don't think that there's a huge difference between being a critic or making a recommendation. There are some restaurant critics that I agree with that have my same point of view. And when I read what they write, I say, yeah, I saw it exactly the same way. And there are some restaurant critics who I just never agree with them because we don't have the same sensibility or palate or likes or frame of reference. And I think um, as long as information is posted and attached to a profile or a name or a personality, it's like anything else. You have to invest some time in it and see, oh, that guy, Luke B. Yeah, you know what? I've been to a bunch of the places that he recommended, and I like those places, and I agree with him. So he then becomes sort of a trusted source. Do I think that the restaurant industry is better qualified to recommend better restaurants to me? I would say not necessarily because they're a pretty good, you know, mirror demographic of the public. And for every great restaurant, there's a bad restaurant. But in that bad restaurant, everybody who works there thinks it's great. So, you know, it's sort of like everyone thinks they have a great sense of humor, even people who don't. You know what I mean? So... I understand sort of the allure from the public-facing side of, yes, the restaurant industry. These are people who um, are going to make great recommendations. They're definitely people who have more information about the industry. Oh, yeah, this restaurant gets their fish from there. They use this wine buyer. They only, you know, have this kind of cocktail. They, you know, buy their bread from the same place. They make their bread in-house. You know, they definitely have more information. But are they better equipped to make a recommendation? I don't know. I think it, it, it winds up being just very personal. Do you, do you agree with that person, and does their point of view resonate with yours, regardless of, of like where they come from? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you hear that a lot. Uh, people, they say, yeah, like, okay, an executive chef recommended this, but how do I know that he has the same taste that I do? Right. And you do know? I like his restaurant? Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there there does require a degree of buy-in and using the product and becoming an active user to actually say, like, okay, these are people that I, I trust what they have to say. Um, and I, I think, you know, if, if, if our platform is to be successful, like, that is really what we want is we want people to become trusted sources on the site and develop followings as somebody who has really great recommendations and has a really balanced and, and strong point of view. So we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to one of those trusted sources and a potential trusted source. And we will be right back after we hear some music and from our sponsors. And this week's music is from Vesa. It's called Drifting. We'll be right back.
just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. Well, if you just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly heritage radio show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today, that technology is a digital media platform called Roundtable.io. And I say .io because everyone is so used to .com that you might wind up someplace else if you don't hit the .io. It is a restaurant recommendation site powered by the recommendations of the restaurant industry. So it's always interesting when we have technology where the product a company is selling requires the really hard-to-wrangle participation of the public. And in this case, that's a very specific segment of the public, the restaurant industry. It could be a wine director, could be an owner, could be a line cook, could be a waiter, could be a barback. Um, typically very busy people, typically people who don't spend a lot of time on the computer and on social media, um, but also typically a group that's pretty well informed about restaurants and usually extremely opinionated. Although I would say they tend to be a little more critical than recommend, than you know, being effusive on the recommendation side. And given that this is a recommend-only forum that eliminates the negative commentary. So first up, representing the restaurant industry, we have Luke Bolin, who's the wine director at La Serena, the recently opened Mario Batali Behemoth at the Maritime Hotel in New York City's Meatpacking District. Yep. Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and late night. Awesome. The whole shebang. The whole shebang bang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you are, looks like an early adopter of the site. How did you discover Roundtable and how much time do you spend on it and why? Uh, I think I first discovered it because uh, other people who have written on it before um, eventually kind of get the power to invite other people to write on it that they think would be uh, good at it, I guess. And I think uh, Victoria James, who works over at uh, Piora as the wine director, invited me and I thought it was just kind of a cool platform um, I personally don't think I've ever written a question in terms of like looking for a good spot, but I like sitting down every now and again. It doesn't take an incredibly long time commitment to just, you know, think about a place that kind of does a good job of providing a uh, an answer to people looking for it and just kind of write about what you think of the place. I mean, we all have... You know, tons of opinions, like you said. It's not that much effort to put it down to pen and paper, you know. What's the benefit to you? Well, I think that you kind of mentioned the whole thing with, like, critics and, and ideas aligning and that kind of thing before. But eventually, you know, I think that over time you see a similar tone kind of show up. And there's only so many opinions that really exist in the readily available media. You know, you have, like... New York Times writers, Eater writers, those kind of people, and they start to kind of say the same thing, and they sound the same way in a lot of their pieces. So 
if there's any sort of internal dissatisfaction with with the media, with critics, or with platforms like Yelp, you know, you kind of have two options. You can either be passive and slowly build resentment towards those kind of platforms, or you can do something about it. And I think that Roundtable gives a great opportunity for all of us in the industry who, you know, we we have thousands of interactions in a week about different foods and wines and experiences but you only get to express that to the guests who sit in your dining room. I think this is a great way where, if nothing else, you can at least offer some different side, some different point of view, some different tone uh, that wasn't previously available. So what do you hope the result is going to be from your profile and posting on Roundtable? Uh, for me, my, my big hope for this website is that it injects more positivity into the restaurant world. I think that, you know, this is oftentimes viewed as a, as a profession where, you know, there's, there's the mentality of like surly line cooks or like servers that secretly hate their guests. And like, there's always these kind of like underlying themes that have plagued the restaurant world. And I think that a big reason behind that is a lot of these platforms don't offer an alternative, right? So if you have a bad review on Yelp or Open Table, or you have like a negative restaurant review in some newspaper, it still doesn't answer the question of, well, then where should I go? You know? And I think there's kind of like sometimes a lost sense of hope and this sort of like, I don't know, just, just feeling of there's thousands and thousands of restaurants in New York City. About 20,000 plus yeah. in the five borough New York metro area. And you have to ask yourself, how the hell is it so hard to find a place to go out to dinner when there's so many restaurants? I cannot tell you how many times we have that exact conversation, Shea Tech Bites. Right. And 20,000 restaurants, there is nowhere to go. Yeah, it's a, it's, the problem isn't, <laughs> the, it's, like, it's not that there isn't enough information or enough restaurants, it's like there's too much. Yeah, and you know, at least that Very way. True. Very true. Too much information. Yeah, and you can put out that question. You're like, you know what? This weekend I'm really craving this. Where can I get it? <clears throat> and then at least we can provide an answer. Maybe it's not going to be the most mind blowing experience that you have. Maybe it won't live up to the expectations that we provide. But if nothing else, we can give you a very direct answer where you say, I want this. Where can I find it? And we can say, you know what? I just so happen to have had a really great example of that recently. Here's what I thought of it, and this is why you should go. And so I like that aspect of it where it gives, you know, very kind of concrete answers, very like positive feedback rather than only viewing the bad. And, you know, like was discussed, you can still say you might have to wait. It might be a little expensive. It might be a little like indulgent in terms of a night out, but at least it gives you something to go off of. Something to go off of. That's kind of all anybody needs. Something to go off of in a reservation choice that's not 530 or 9. Right. So Elise is a very busy lady. She has two restaurants in Brooklyn, and we brought her on as the the new potential restaurant industry insider. She'd never really heard of Roundtable before before we asked her to come on the Apologies. show to be our panel. It's okay. <laughs> it's good. This will be a good uh, focus group of one. So based on the conversation that we, the conversations that we've been having and um, what you cannot see at home for listeners is that we are looking at Roundtable on my computer right now. We just looked at Luke's profile and are looking at some of the questions that are trending. What new restaurants around New York City are poised to become hotspots? What are the best sandwich shops in Manhattan? What are your favorite hole-in-the-wall hidden gems around Manhattan? What are the best new breakfast menus around New York City? 
an opportunity for Luke B to shill for his own restaurant. Now I'm so devious. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, at least every time I write about a place that I work, because I read about Del Posto one time too, and I used to work there, I at least always mention that caveat as like the first sentence. That you but, work there. It's yeah. a part of your profile also, right? Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I was curious about that because the first question that you pulled up was, what are the best pas- restaurants for pasta? And I saw that you answered Lupa, having Have worked for it. <laughs> Is it the same pasta at all the Batali establishments? No. Different from shop to shop? Different from shop to shop and different... Um, well, I mean, Lupa is specific in that it has like the Roman feel to it. Uh, not every restaurant is beholden to a specific cuisine, but that one more or less is. So. Right. But they do that Roman pasta tasting. It's pretty damn good, I'm just saying. Do you think, Elise, this sounds like something that would be of interest to you? Are you too busy? Is it helpful? Would you just want to log in and see if anybody's talking about your restaurants? Or what are the most underrated restaurants in Brooklyn, for example? Um, I, at this moment in time, don't feel super motivated to go and set up my own profile. Um but that being said, I absolutely love the opportunity to talk about my experiences and recommend um, to friends, family, and some random people on the internet places that I, I really like and really appreciate, especially because, you know, at any given time, you have like 10, 15 restaurants that are getting all the splashy press, right? Um and it's a very interesting phenomenon. Yeah. It's, I, I call them the people. And you can see it on your Instagram feed and in social media and on mm. Twitter that the people are all going to the same restaurants. And it usually coincides with either something opening mm. or something, you know, <laughs> on the cusp of getting, you know, something reviewed or a lighthouse in the industry having gone and yeah. saying... This is great. And then all the people go. Yes. And also, if it's something that David Chang is involved in or Danny Bowen is involved in. Well, I would consider them lighthouses yeah, of the exactly. industry. You know, exactly. people who are beacons that other people follow. Yeah. So I think it's hard to, um, I think it's easy for everywhere else to get forgotten. Um and what was the question there? The most underrated. Underrated restaurants in Brooklyn. Yeah. It's mean, interesting. So we'll just call them out because on, I, I don't think they're underrated. You have a list of like many of these are like the top spots that people talk about in Brooklyn. Right. Willow is number one. Um, mm. Okinomi Yuji Ramen. I mean, that's gotten a huge amount of press. They make a great Japanese breakfast. They're on a Kickstarter to do a Japanese fish market. St. Anselm is like renowned for being like an awesome, amazing Absolutely. steak Everybody joint. Talks about it. Everybody loves it. The people love it. Noodle pudding, okay, maybe <laughs> underrated. Um, Walter Foods, maybe a little bit less known. Maison Premiere. I mean, oh, the creme de la creme. That's de la definitely creme. like top top <laughs> list of the people. Um, so these are all great recommendations, but I don't know that they're actually underrated because they're all. Most of them are pretty well known. Right. Um, I only knew two of those. Really? Yeah. You got to get on the Instagram feed of the people, my friend. <laughs> I guess <Exactly>. so. <laughs> Where are the people at? You so, also live and work in Manhattan, I would venture to guess. That is a fair venture. <laughs> so, Elise, what is the barrier to you wanting to be involved? Sounds like you think it's a, a good idea and a nice platform mm. and a nice opportunity. 
what, what's the barrier to you saying, God, I'm going to do a profile? Is it time? Is it technology? Is it profile fatigue, another thing I got to join? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit time. Um, uh, less time and more motivation. Um, and then it's a little bit profile fatigue. Um, I'm you can log in with Facebook. <laughs> well, Sold. I mean, but then you don't have to create a new profile. You can log in with Facebook and Twitter, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so you can just, you know... I guess pitch it to your Facebook profile by profile fatigue. I guess I, I mean putting myself out there. Um, I'm not extremely active on a personal level um, through social media. Um, I, I do have a question. Actually, is it's it says in your profile where you work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's look at Luke's profile now. Do I know that I want my personal recommendations to be a reflection of my restaurant? I don't see why they wouldn't. These are just, you know, off of the top of the head questions that I'm I think like if you saw putting out there. Yeah, like the next five of my answers were all La Sirena, that would probably be a bit dubious. Um, but you know, I like I legitimately went in and had breakfast one day, or brunch actually, and thought it was pretty awesome. So I wrote about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I, I did notice that one time that there was somebody who had posted like their own place for three answers and, mm. you know, that kind of makes you a little skeptical. But the nice thing is, is you have no obligation to follow that person or read any more of their reviews. You know, if mm-hmm. you see that, you can easily filter them out of your scope of what you want to read. So then, then we go back to the finding like-minded people to follow or following people who mm. you think have a sense of what you like or who you think aren't shilling for their own restaurant. Right. Right. I mean, at least this gives you a platform to find that, even if it might not be, you know, it might not be the easiest to find there somebody who perfectly is cohesive and jives with exactly what you want, but at least provides some other opinions and tones than I think what's currently available. So, Andrew, how do you get the people to join and make profiles and make that leap? How do you? How have you been reaching out to the industry to get them to join and answer answer all these questions? Yeah, uh, when I started Roundtable, I, I actually had almost no network in the restaurant industry. When was that? Um, we started building it in kind of like the summer of 2015, and we launched the beta version of it in late September, early October. So not even a year yet. Yeah. So, I mean, the first three months, basically all I was doing was just hitting people up on LinkedIn and, you know, going to meet them for coffee or a glass of wine and telling them about what we were doing and uh, just trying to draw up people who who bought into the concept and liked it. So LinkedIn uh, was your was your trawling ground for restaurant industry. Yeah. How, a, how did that go? I because I don't think of LinkedIn as a spot for the restaurant industry. I mean, the restaurant industry is definitely there, but I don't think of it as broad-based. Yeah, well, that, that the worked, platform of choice. It worked to my advantage though, because I think when I reached out to people, and it was like cold reaching out to people. So, I think if you're if you're a part of an industry where you get messaged all the time, um, you'll, you're probably going to ignore things like that. But just because, as you said, I don't think people are super active on LinkedIn uh, that are part of the restaurant industry. It, it was actually worked out somewhat where, like, when I sent them a message, so it was like, new to them. Yeah. They didn't have like message fatigue and spam fatigue on LinkedIn, and probably. People who are on LinkedIn are a little more hip to the whole internet thing yeah. and the profile thing. Yeah, but you know, to 
I think the the thing that we've realized over the course of time, I mean, we, we started that way and now like Luke heard about it through Victoria and, and people started to refer other people that they know and think might be interested in being contributors. But the reality is it, all sites are like this. I mean, Yelp is, is the same thing. It's, it's, it ends up being a very small percentage of your users that actually become active in writing stuff. I mean, the default for most people on any sort of online site is like, they're just going to be a lurker. They're just going to yep. read stuff Voyeurism. on the site. Yeah. Just here so, to watch. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the people that tend to write on it, like Luke, I mean, they, they obviously they're very opinionated. It's a topic that they're very passionate about and they just, they, you know, and they like to write. I mean, you read Luke's stuff. I mean, he's a good writer. He clearly is, you know, he knows how to write. So that tends to be, you know, the common denominator is passionate about the topic and enjoy writing about it. So how do you build your community? What's your game plan for the next six months to build your community? Well, um, Convince I mean, Elise to make a profile. How well, are you going to do that? The thing that I tell people is that, you know, one, it, it is a chance to give recognition to, to restaurants that you think are doing fantastic work. Um, it's a chance to build your, you know, your personal brand, frankly. I mean, this isn't this isn't a Yelp where, like, everybody is created equal. So it's it's a chance to, you know, to, to connect with people that are really interested in food and wine. So, Luke, you, I noticed that you have a website also yourself, LukeBolin.com. Are you interested in building your personal profile? Uh, that was that, That's a brand new website. It's uh, great. It's very nice. I, uh, I applaud for sure that. And also I'm, I'm impressed that you, you know, got it together and put something really nice up. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I would like to be able to write more on that. But, like, you know, it's over time. You, div- like you, you go to different places. You have all these great, like, pictures and experiences and stories. And you meet all these different, like, winemakers and see their vineyards and stuff. So I kind of figured, like, I have all these awesome resources at my disposal. Like, you know, I might as well make them available. And it was weird. As soon as I, like, put up my first post about, like, old wine on that website, one of my brother's friends uh, reached out to him and was like, that actually answered a lot of questions I had, and I would never have asked anybody. <laughs> so it's it's weird how, like, you know, you can see um, responses in places that you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Because putting that up, uh, you don't always expect there to be people looking for something like that. Yeah, but that's the beauty of the Internet. The Internet is. is a crazy place where any just about anybody can go, but it's also expressly made for really specific subjects for people to get super geeky and crazy and obsessive about sometimes really obscure things because you find the people yeah. you find your people on mm-hmm. the internet let me at the end of the day i don't think it's necessarily like just about specifically building like my own brand or anything like that but i think that if you you know if you can offer a platform where you write something that people want to read in one place and then they can see that you also write in other places then it kind of you know, it just it helps in in all the different facilities. You know, if they're reading something on Roundtable and then they want to see an article there on my website or vice versa, I think it's all good. And I think I have like a link to Roundtable up there because I contribute. But I also, you know, I think that the more people that get exposure to that platform, the the better because I mean, there's just a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of nonsense out there in terms of restaurant <laughs> opinions, and I do like the idea that, you know, at least some clarity can be provided. And positive clarity. Yes, exactly. Positive is nice. Mm-hmm. So, Elise, in terms of your participation in social media, aside from trying to have a five-star rating as a, <laughs> as a customer on Uber, 
Is there anything out there that really resonates with you that you'd really like to see? Are you just in a space where it's just kind of too much to get involved now? Or is there a thing that you're looking for as a part of the restaurant industry that would be super helpful to you in your business or that you would really love to become involved in? Or I, mean, I go through phases of like wanting to just get off my phone and get off the technology. Right. I, from a, you know, I answered the previous question from a personal perspective, but I think something like this as, as a user and as a business owner is kind of exactly what we need. So I, I certainly am a fan of roundtable.io at this moment. So you can go back to the office and make your social media person join. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and be represented without having to create a profile. Yeah. But I, I, I really appreciate this. Um, I think it's a way for restaurants to gain recognition for doing a good job and continuing to do a good job and um, that it's getting noticed by the by the right people um, and it, yeah without all that negative kind of gunk um, so yeah I think that this is definitely a positive tool for people in the restaurant industry as both customers and business owners okay Success. Sort of. Good job. Mm-hmm. Buy in on theory. <laughs> we we, we I did made not, a profile. We did. Oh, Jack made a profile. I did. So I, you got, so upvo- you got wow yeah, during this. Just now. <laughs> I uploaded so, uh, Lupa. Does Jack yeah. get to be a yeah. restaurant <laughs> industry insider and a poster, or is he is he industry adjacent? Because his office is inside a restaurant, but he's not we'll, actually a restaurant him, person. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll give him access. Oh, I have to vouch for him. There we go. Is that like a bail bonds thing? Are you going to promise to show up, Jack? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and not break any of the rules of the community? I won't break the rules. I'm a good uh, online community member. Excellent. So at the end of each show, I like to ask all my guests for a little piece of advice for our listeners. Andrew, I'll start with you. What's the best way to cold call somebody? What's your best advice? I'm sure you do a lot of that every day. Yeah. um, Well, I think the biggest thing, the one thing that I've learned over over the course of time is um, you really need to orient your message around uh, benefiting that person. You know, it's it's, not about me. It's about you. Exactly. Um, And and. Yeah, it, I sort of learned that the hard way of you, you always reach out to people and you say, hey, I have this new product I want you to join. And people don't care about that. You need to orient your message around like. I think you're amazing. Is, and I want everyone to know. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's not about me. It's about you. That's the key to the cold call. So, Luke, I'm going to ask you, how does a person go about getting that elusive 7 or 8 p.m. reservation at a restaurant? <laughs> Oh, man, that's... Uh... And and side question, just out of curiosity, it's not true that the only tables are only available at 5.30 and 9, right? I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a... Yeah, I mean... Weird thing, so that people who call think the restaurant is... It's tough, because there's, there's certain buffers that you have to take into account. So certainly formats like open table are built to be able to flesh out your reservation book and fill those times that traditionally people don't want as much as those, you know, seven to nine slots. 
On the other side, though, sometimes you have restaurants that hold a lot of tables for walk-ins, or they might be holding a table for, like, you know, an owner or a reviewer if they haven't been reviewed or something like that. So, Fellow roundtable poster? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but, you know, sometimes you might be able to, rather than make a reservation, sometimes on the off chance you can get in a walk-in, certainly if you know somebody that works there. Sometimes shooting the email can help, but I've still had to turn down tons and tons of people who have reached out to me um, because, you know, you try as, as best as you can to accommodate, but sometimes it's true. Sometimes there just is no space uh, and you're fully committed, but I don't know. It's a little bit of a hope and effort, and sometimes you're showing up. You never know if there's going to be a cancel or a no-show, so you might just be the lucky butt in the seat for that person who didn't show up. I always like it when my butt is lucky. Um, <laughs> I feel sometimes when I call restaurants to make reservations, and I like to pick up the phone and call because I find that sometimes that's helpful, that yeah, it's just too. an automatic response. Hi, I'd like to make a reservation for Monday evening. Yes, we have a table at 5.30 and 9. Right. Without or, um, even like yeah. looking or asking that it's just the automatic response nowadays. Or I'm sorry, we're fully committed. Yeah, that happens exactly. a lot, too. All right, so hope for the best, walk in. Hope for the best, walk in, try to, you know... Build your own uh, community and uh, try to get to know some people out there so that when you return, uh, they will know who you are and then hopefully be able to help you out. Become a five-star customer at your favorite restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, go out there, get your feelers out, talk to your bartender, talk to your sommelier, talk to the manager, make some friends. Okay. Elise, two restaurants. Wow. Busy lady. (laughs) What's your best advice for people to, in terms of just like t- being efficient and effective and tax management and like working geographically between a bunch of different places during the day? How do you, what's your best advice for tackling that? Get yourself an iPhone. Okay. Uh, check. <laughs> check. Um, I think it's really important to surround yourself by uh, smart Uh, driven people. My partners and I would not be able to do what we do without an amazing team of managers. Um, And to be able to rely on them and to communicate with them um, is is key to the business. Um, And really creating a a team environment and a family environment and um, yeah, keeping things keeping things positive. is the best way to make sure that you're running a a well-oiled machine. So hire good people and delegate. (laughs) That's that's a lot of it. It's a lot of it. Okay. All right. Easy enough, Mm -hmm. maybe. Or simple Simple. enough. Simple (laughs) enough. Not easy, but simple enough. Clear enough. Well, I want to thank Andrew, Luke, and Elise for coming out to Bushwick, Brooklyn, in the backyard of Roberta's to spend some time talking with us about restaurant recommendations in the industry and creating digital products where you need other people to help you. It's so fascinating to me. There's so much of that happening right now in the tech world where people make products and you rely on other people. Amazing. But maybe you come back and check in with us, you know, on your next milestone or when something's going on, if something really exciting happens and all that. We'd love to hear how things develop because you're not even at your one year anniversary yet. Nope. And we're going to, and everybody go on, click, you know, join with Facebook or Twitter so you don't have to create another profile. Follow Luke, follow Jack. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. And Jack will be the Pied Piper for you when you get ready to launch Miami. 
Yeah, that's right. Exactly. I got plenty of recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked this show, go to heritageradionetwork.org. Click the beating heart. Throw us what you've spent on coffee today so we can make more radio. Heritage Radio Network is a 100% member-supported radio. We are a .org not-for-profit, 501c3. If you really, really love the show, go to iTunes. Subscribe to it. Get it every week. Give us a five-star review. We'd love to see you again. I'm Jennifer Leitzi. This is Tech Bytes. Come back on Monday at 1. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.